Happy Friday night, Detroit. Detroit. Welcome to NAFAM the podcast. Detroit. What's up Detroit. with that? Detroit. Okay. Are you sure about that, it's, buddy? It's a big weekend for the Lions on oh, Sunday. So who cares? Give it up for the D. Who cares? Mm, a lot of people do. Who doesn't care? Yeah. You. Yeah. Meaningless. Say it loud. Say it proud. Mm, okay. I don't care about football. I don't care about the Lions. Wow. That is on record. That's, uh, do you want to take that back or are you going to edit that out? No, I don't care about football. I used to like basketball. No, I don't care about football. I I'm used too to, cool for football. I'm, yes. Basketball used to be cool in the 90s when we had the bad boys and the Pistons. Did I ever tell you anymore. about how I tried, I grew up with three brothers and a dad who like loved football and like my dad got me season tickets as a freshman at Michigan State because that's what you do. And I went to one game for maybe a quarter. I don't know. I never went to any of the Which games. Which is one more game than I went to my freshman year. <laughs> Did you have season tickets though? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I had season tickets. And I didn't tickets. go to one game, which I, is pathetic. Yeah. Very, I, I, that's very pathetic. The problem is, is once you start tailgating, it's like, why would I go in there? I like, didn't even tailgate. Hello. I was a loser. Well, Jim, loser this is Bill. why you missed out on the ultimate college I know. experience. Okay, go ahead. Because those are the things that one would do. Go ahead. I, can, before you start, can we tell the listeners what you're wearing today? What am I wearing? Because you have, oh, come on. You have the most sexy lingerie on today while we're recording this episode. Let's let's just be proud about Did it. Did you take off lying in January? <laughs> I'm wearing You gave up drinking, I took on lying. Back black pair of jeans and a black long sleeve <laughs> shirt, and I can oh. verify that. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's really inappropriate. Um, I have a couple things to report upon besides the fact that upon? you're a liar. <laughs> report on that's, last that's week. Fair. I was listening to our episode on, um, you know, the Julia Rainey Wells. Yes. And I need to find it. But you made some comment about how, didn't you tell me about some arsenic incident? And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll get to that. And guess what? I never got to. Oh, we never got, got to it. To. You're right. We didn't. So now I'm trying to find the specific article here because I want to get it right. It was a little blurb in the local newspaper. Um Bear with me. A close call. I found it. You ready? So there's a little blurb in the newspaper, and it's titled, A Close Call. Mrs. Dr. Wells had a narrow escape Saturday morning. It seems that both the doctor and Mrs. Wells were taking medicine. By mistake, Mrs. Wells took a a teaspoonful from the doctor's tonic containing arsenic. When only a few drops in a dose, prompt medical assistance prevented fatal results. I thought that was... An interesting little blurb worth highlighting. And then we never did, well, so I wanted to go back to it. That's all. So she took it. It was a mistake. Yeah, but it was and his. And they admitted it and put it in the paper, like had to put it in the paper. Yeah. So interesting follow-up to last week when you were, were talking about the newspapers and what goes in this, you know, mm-hmm. what was in the newspapers. It's basically like today's Facebook. And like, mm-hmm. oh, what did your family do? I had talked to my mom earlier this week, and she told me that this was obviously way later than all of this, but that... She actually, at one point in time in her life, wrote these little stories about, you know, families getting together and having mm-hmm. whatever gatherings that they had. And right. that was what she was tasked with was writing. And she yeah. got paid per word to write this stuff. And then they'd have to call people to, like, sell, like, hey, what would you do this weekend? Who uh-huh. came over? Like, who? <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was fascinating that that continued on for so long. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I wonder if it was the same level of detail. I don't know. Of- things you know she, what I mean? she said that it was yeah x amount per word and that what she would write versus what would get published was cut way down so mm-hmm. i'm sure it just depended maybe on how much money the people had and were willing to pay to get their information published but yeah. i thought it was 
it's still just so baffling to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like, well, you guys, there's not really a big, I don't know what the paper, there's a small paper around here. You grew up here. This is your thing. Like I grew up in the Lansing area. So like we would publish things in the paper, like wedding announcements, birth announcements, you know, you'd call and you'd pay and you'd get it submitted. I do remember that big, big life events would get mm -hmm. published, but these were more mundane family gathering types. Yeah. Okay. So relatives in town, things like that, that. They were okay. calling to find out. Because yeah. I, totally, I totally understand the big events. Okay. So anyway. tell me about the Lions. I interrupted you. You're excited for this, even though you never know who they're playing on game day. I'm like, so Mr. Big Fan, who are they playing today? Tampa Bay. I'm not actually sure. Tampa Bay. It's usually the Sunday. response. Tampa Bay. On so Sunday. let's not pretend that. I think. Hi, my name is Jim, and I'm a fair weathered Detroit Lions fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have ad- admitted that for a very long time, but I, I've always told you I enjoy watching Just them, because you admit it so doesn't bad. make it okay. Just because you admit it doesn't make it okay. You're so judgy. You want to talk about your, about your judginess? Why can't I just enjoy a game? Since when is speaking truth judginess? <laughs> Sounds a little judgy, the way you say. I've been working on you know, being really responsible with what comes out of my mouth, and I'm fairly confident that that was really responsible remark. You know, you have been. I will give oh, you kudos for that. You noticed. I have noticed. Great. I, I wasn't able to pinpoint maybe the reason that it was an actual concerted effort on your part or, you know, a thoughtful effort to do that. You weren't but, able to pinpoint? Well, I've I wouldn't. i literally vocalizing that that's something that I'm putting intention I guess towards. all I'm saying is I don't know that we've had a conversation in the last, let's say, week, for example, that would have given rise to you saying something with poking, you know, poking. But... um. But regardless, I I'm all about you know, protecting my peace. You know what? Regardless, I would your say your little that... irritations are not even worth my peace anymore. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Finally, it's about time. Nine years we celebrate. Let's get let's get <clears throat> to it. We mm. celebrated nine years this year, we this week. Did we made it? We made it. We nine made years. It. It's ten year though. That's the most impressive. I, that ten year mark seems to be significant. It's right around the corner. Yeah. We are ninety percent there. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So that's very, very exciting. We didn't really have a big celebration. No. Because of a dry January. Wait, that's nothing to do. I can still celebrate. We uh, just got done having a parlor live I'm just kidding. event where we danced the <laughs> night away. And that can happen. I know. With or without. You know what? And I had, dry January. I had one beer at dinner and then I had a little uh, uh, glass of bourbon. And you were all about the dancing. Exactly. And I was like, And I've really? had nothing. Really? You're going to make me do this? I don't mm-hmm. want to do this right now. It's so fun. But I did it anyway. I spent most of my adolescence on Friday nights, like my younger adolescence, with my neighbor girls filming yeah. ourselves dancing along to girls. music. And that's so fun. Yeah. And I don't care how old I get. I love to do it. I was a good sport tonight. <laughs> okay. Anyways, we did celebrate that. Yeah. And I don't, we just didn't go out to eat. We ordered in. Yeah, no, I was kidding about that. We, we, and yeah, we ordered in. I picked up dinner, brought it home, and we listened to music. Yeah, listened to music and had mm-hmm. it. It was a, it was a wonderful night. You had night. a whole complaint on this last podcast about, you know, not chilling to music in the parlor. And that's exactly what, like, we've been doing for the entire week. So. No, it was perfect. I, I'm not, I was just giving you shit about it, but okay. it was perfect. It was like, it was an, it was an awesome night. It was an awesome it night. It was an awesome night. Tonight or the anniversary? Well, Wednesday. 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 Tonight's a good night. The theme but... was is pottery and leather. Um, we also and celebrate Willow. a famiversary with the kids, which will not be occurring until tomorrow because of schedules. Yes. And what are we doing? We are going to a 
pottery studio in Ann Arbor and doing the whole kiln. We're doing a private pottery class pottery for two hours sesh. with wheel throwing. Yeah. And we're going to try to learn to Which I love because something. I've always been, you know, that's something that I definitely have been curious about trying. And I, I would know. never just do it. I would never go out of my way. So, I'm very of course, curious how number hard one is. husband, Jim, kind of looked into this, researched it, surprised us with it all. So... It's great. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm nervous. I don't about, know. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about how hard it's going to be because mm-hmm. it seems like well, it can't be that hard. You know, you see, like in the movie Ghost. Where is it at? Anyway? I, saw, I have no idea. I'd even looked. Okay. <laughs> but I think it's on Plymouth Road. Anyway. So not downtown. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um. But yeah, so we're going to give it a shot. Yeah, and, and then we're. It goes. And we they say like, go... there's no guarantee you're actually going to be able to make something. And even if you make something, we can't guarantee it's going to get go through the kiln and get fired and yeah, like, actually I think survive. It, but that's part of the process. I mean, I think it's a spiritual right. journey in and of itself. So here's my feeling. I think I'm going to be able to make something. Oh, God. You've already assessed it this way. I you're have. such a and, narcissist. And yet, and yet, I also feel like because I feel that way, I'm definitely not going to pull it but off I, and it's going to be shit. What's funny to me is that like that's your number one concern instead of just enjoying the process. Oh, it's not my concern necessarily sounds like it is it's just something that i'm like i think it sounds kind of fun and i think i'm going to be if i can't even like try to form you form something Mm -hmm. i might get frustrated with it and i don't want to get frustrated with it like i actually want to like enjoy it maybe you shouldn't even put this much thought into it though (laughs) is what i'm thinking probably not go with it i probably i probably should but we're gonna i mean we're doing it so i'm gonna have fun regardless it's gonna be an experience and it's gonna be fun regardless i'm Uh not gonna be like mad if i don't pull something off or if one of us doesn't but i just think like it actually seems like it's kind of fun and it doesn't when you see it it doesn't seem like it would be that hard so i don't know i'm sure it's hard and that's why they prep you for that i'm sure it is too but it's gonna be cool yeah did they say anything about like what to wear like are we gonna get messy i was wondering about that and i have a feeling we're probably gonna get messy so but they did not say they just said don't have long nails i'll reread it again they'll probably give us like you know aprons and whatnot i would assume so we're not really sure okay but i would think so all right i'm gonna make sure that i wear like a white tank top with no bra like demi Moore style that's what i was gonna wear Okay. It'd be better if you wear it, but cool. Okay. Um, I was just gonna wear white boxers with no, like thin boxers. White boxers. <laughs> okay. I don't think that Practic Practic Swayze did that. Was he shirtless in jeans? No. <laughs> probably. I think he probably was. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, oh, so yeah, movie. we're doing that tomorrow. So we're gonna go celebrate with the fam tomorrow. Yep, and then we're gonna go. We'll have to go to the brewery where we had our reception because we do yep. that every, every single year, year. Even though I won't be able to enjoy any of their lovely beverages, they have good root beer. You can. Can you pause it real quick? Um. Yes. Hit pause. Nuts. Okay. So yeah. So the brewery and we paused it for a second. We're back, folks. Um. We're going to Becker Brewery, or is it Brewery Becker? It's All brewery these Becker. years, and I will never get brewery, it straight. Brewer brewery oh my god brewery becker yes we had our wedding reception there and so we go back every year and we try to reproduce the same picture with the family that we took on our way out the door long windowsill yeah it's such a beautiful oh i love that place so much anyways they have great beer because it's um what's their specialty well it's old world old old, world like or european it's like dating back to like the 
1300s for some of it. They like replicate some old beers. Have I mentioned it's the best? Some people don't like it. I don't know anybody that doesn't. How could you not like it? It's amazing. Anyways, I won't even be participating in that tomorrow because I have another week and a couple days left of dry January. But which is, by the way, I just want to say last time we talked, it was like, no, it got worse. It got better. It's, I'm like, Totally. It's so easy right now. It's because so. you're drunk. I, whatever. I am not drunk. I'm just um, but anyways, we're going to go there and then we'll bring food in and eat it. And obviously they we'll have, have like, lunch. they have like, what do they have? Root beer Actually, no, we don't kids? have to do lunch now. We can do dinner after. So that's the plan. We're going to yeah. do dinner, right? Okay. Yeah. We get done. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be fun. Um, and I killed a spider this week. Did I tell you that I did that? Oh my god! I haven't again. been killing bugs for a while. I think it's not necessary unless it's going to become a threat to me for some reason. And there was a spider in our bed this week, and I was like, "Oh god, gross!" And he got away. It was really fast. He saw me see him or her. I'm not really sure. Um, but anyways, then I was like back up there a few minutes later, and it was right back up. Like I, I like I thought it went on the floor. I was like, "Okay, it'll disappear for good." You know, we have a lot of bugs in this house, and it's just like whatever. I live. We live amongst the bugs. And then the little fucker was back right in the bed again. And I was like, this this can't happen. I'm sorry, sir. I had I had to end it. And I mean, I guess what I feel most bad about is because I didn't have to end it. Maybe I could have like saved it some way, like just like softly put it in the tissue and then took it outside. But okay. I was too grossed out to do that. All to right. me, it's just like I don't I don't touch you or I murder you. It's one or the I other. Went when sh- it comes to bugs, not I went- people. <laughs> I don't touch you. I don't murder anything. I went for a very short period of time (laughs) where I was taking bugs outside, the stink bugs and even spiders. I just leave the stink bugs. And that didn't last very long. And I'm like, screw this. I'm sorry. But they're gross. Mm. They fly. They are big. And you're big. You're gross. And someday somebody might no squish me. Stink bugs taking Fine. you out. Whatever. Oh, you're coming back as a stink bug. Good. <laughs> End it quickly, please. <laughs> I mean, but. this spider obviously knew it was up to no good. The minute it saw me see it, it like, f- like freaking, like freakishly, gonna, like ran away. I'm gonna put something. So it knew it was up to no good, and then the little away. jerk. Did you say it flew away? Like no, like the it was going so fast. It was as if it was flying, Jim. So like he knew that he was up to no good, and that I wasn't gonna like oh, what so he was he up was to. So he was scared of you and ran away. He knew he shouldn't have been there. Yeah, okay. and he came back, and it's like, what are you trying to get away with, buddy? He's probably trying to get his kids. They're all in your ears and that. your nose and your living inside. We have you know? so stop. We have so many spiders in the south. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on record now, which is gross. The kids' bathroom oh. ceiling. How do they shit upwards? I don't know. <laughs> There's no spider webs. I know. I vacuum. There's actually hasn't been any spiders that I've seen there in a very long time. Every once in a while, you'll get like one maybe in the corner of the ceiling. Yeah. But it literally, there are like- Black spots everywhere. Shit stains on the ceiling from the spiders. I know. In all the corners. Yeah. And I need to take like a magic eraser and like get it, but it's, a, it's a high ceiling. It's like a something. 10 foot ceiling. So I, I definitely gonna... need to do that, but it's so gross. It I doesn't was... vacuum off. I mean, it's like- I know. I tried. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you would do that this weekend, actually. <sighs> if you could get up there on a ladder and try to bleach it off. Yeah, it's so to get the bad. There's so many of them. I I'm know. Like, there was a corner in the floor where the spiders were going. Yep. And uh, I feel like I bleached the hell out of that and they like exited that territory. So now do they take to the ceilings? They're like, she can't get us here. I 
I haven't seen one on the ceiling for months, though. That's the thing because every once in a while I would see one or two. I know. But yeah, there's all of these little stains. It's like it is almost like creepy, like disgusting, gross. Yeah. And their bathroom has been cleaned multiple times. It's not like it's not clean. I actually clean clean their bathroom all the time now, like bleach it. Well, I have you clean it all the time, Mm -hmm. bleach it. I've decided that's your job. Enlisted them to partially clean it. They're not. They, I don't. But I know. I, I don't do care it. what they do. You have to go in. No, I do afterwards. a deep clean. I just at least get them, make them do something. Yeah. Doesn't really sure work you much, do. but they've done it like twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How's that wine, by the way? I don't think it's alcohol removed wine. It's um, sparkling. It's yeah. very good. Yeah, I was shocked because I picked that up for you, and we've had alcohol free wine. Because we thought, mm-hmm. like, with the pool, especially in the summer, it's like, well, you want to go out and you're hanging out, you want to lounge in the pool. We're like, we'll get some, we'll get some, you know, alcohol-free wine, mm-hmm. and we can, can, and it tasted awful, and it was like, eh, not doing Which, that. Which you want you know, I, my friends and I, uh, that I used to have that I lost in my first divorce, um, we had I love a. Big... You always have to say that. <laughs> well, because I time. just, I'm not friends with them anymore, mm-hmm. but like a, a few of us girls turned. Had this have November November birthdays and it was a that was a big friend group and there were just always reasons to get together and celebrate, um, and so we, I remember my thirtieth birthday I was pregnant with Katie and two of us were thirty that year so ew you were old the husbands got together and like made us this fancy meal and like obviously it was really sweet of them they like got me this non alcoholic wine. And I was like, oh, cool. Just for you or for? Yeah, just for me. Oh, I because was, you I guys were all, okay. You yeah, were the it was a party. Pregnant. Okay, I was the only I got pregnant. it. Um, I feel like I remember having it back then. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. This isn't too bad. Um, and then I feel like, and I had it this time, it was like disgusting. Like it just tasted really sugary. And it was like, I might as well just. I know. And I bought, I think I bought like six different bottles, different kinds, thinking like, oh, this It'll be fine. No, we only got two. No. Wow. We, we got have... two. We got a white and a red. That's no. it. No. There's more downstairs. Really? Yes. Oh. There's okay. there's more. I know. Okay. I bought at least four bottles. Maybe I didn't buy six, but I bought at least four thinking like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to do this for the rest of the summer, like when we just want to hang out and pretend like we're, you know, chilling. Oh, okay. Pretend that we're chilling. Pretend that we're, <laughs> well, chilling and actually like, you know, make it a thing. And I just don't more. like sugary drinks in general. So it's no. like- even like if people get like suggest like mocktails, I'm like that doesn't. I don't even like cocktails. Like it's just not my. Yeah, thing, you won't, so. you rarely will have even a, a, a I normal cocktail. Can't, they're too. They're always too sweet. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I'll have bourbon. It's so weird to me that you're you don't like those because you like love chocolate cake. You like sugary things. You like cookies. Yeah. You like you know. You are all about. You have a sweet tooth, a big sweet tooth. But when it comes yeah. to cocktails, nope. 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 <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. Yeah. yeah. I have never so. liked cock never, never got into cocktails. Um so yeah, but I killed a spider. Um and I just needed oh, to confess that. Oh, we're still talking that. about that? I just needed to confess oh, that. Okay. I needed to confess okay. that. You're probably going to hell now. <sighs> probably. How does that feel? I don't know. It feels I feel bad about it, Jim. I really do. Yeah. Like I I told you, I did I mean when I feel okay. You were kinda like, Oh, we shouldn't kill him. We should. I'm like, You're you're probably right. We should probably do that. And then when it got really cold here early, I think it was actually last week, end of last week, when the temperatures really dropped, the stink bugs just like came in full force. They did. And we had like three at once. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not taking you guys back outside. I'm sorry. You're done. Yeah. Your I, I leave up. those knowing that you'll do something with them. Yeah, exactly. You just, you know what's going on. You know what's going to happen The worst part is when you see them on your toothbrush. <laughs> it's like... I know. 
I had it's one. Like, how do you guys hang out there when I'm not here? Because that's had really. One. Fortunately, it wasn't concerning. on the bristles, but it was on the <laughs> handle. And I'm like, this is so disgusting and gross. Yes, absolutely. How many times have they urinated on our bristles and we don't even know oh, it, Jim? I'm sure they have. You're like, you, they, you killed my cousin. This is what you get. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Pretty much. Oh, okay. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. 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 So today I did, I tried something new. I tried a Wim Hof breathing session. You did? You didn't tell me about They're this. They're on YouTube. Did you know that? No. I mean, I was actually it. thinking about going to wherever, Netherlands try or Norway or wherever he is and actually risk. like- risk. I just did like a really quick in introductory one. Were you? You were going to go all the way there and do it in person? I was thinking about it. Okay, you could just go to YouTube for no, free. No, 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 no. Because you had to do like the whole hike into the mountains. This was just a snow. breathing session. Obviously. But it was interesting because- oh, you didn't go hike in the snow? I don't know why. You and I have watched specials on him over the years. I mean, yeah. like 10 years ago, we had like a Netflix special I feel like we watched. Um, okay. I've just never- Let's not exaggerate. Yeah. Okay, 10 years. I'm pretty sure. I know, Jim. Okay, fine. Thank you. Seven or eight. Thank you. I know we were living in our old house. Okay. But- um. I just want to say it could have been 10 years ago because we've been together for 10 years, okay? Oh, okay. Yes, um, we have. <laughs> anyways, I don't think I ever recall like actually seeing a tutorial though. And so YouTube, he's no, got- No, He just hands this stuff out for free. So he's that's what's great about him. But So I did watch one today and I went along with it. And um, it's pretty intense. <laughs> so I, I didn't even- like. There was a couple of times where I just kind of like, I'm just going to watch this part because I don't know that I could do that. But- I ended up like he's got three rounds that you have to go through, and so by round three, I was I did the whole round. But I'm like, oh okay, I might like try this a little more often. I think. Well, he I mean he basically is like I like the fact that he's like he's he says you don't have to breathe a certain way. It doesn't have to be a special thing. Yeah, he goes just, just get it in one of your holes. Get it in one of your holes. <laughs> get the oxygen in, breathe the carbon dioxide mm-hmm. out. He's like you're gonna feel lightheaded. That's part of it. Yes. But he's just like, yeah, get it in and and get it out. Which I think is important. He said, don't do this around water. Mm -hmm. Don't do it while you're driving because- Oh, so what you watched today, that's what he said? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was helpful. But I was like, that sounds, I mean, sounds awful, but it sounds much better than trying to do this structured little thing where it has to fit in a certain box in order to get this benefit from it. And it's like- So you have to hold your breath. And okay, so you have to do, it's kind of quick. You'll have to go through it, but- you do 30 breaths in and out and it's like he describes it like don't even pause it's like a wave so i could see how you could get a little lightheaded there like there's no breaks and then um it's like a wave in wave out you know and then he has you hold your breath for a minute i was like i i wasn't prepared for that first of all okay and i don't know in the last time is i've tried to hold my breath for a minute so i was like oh this isn't happening so i made it 30 seconds and i took a little breath and then i went into for another 30 but then the second time he has you go through the, the, the next round same thing 30 in and out and then i think i'm getting this right don't quote me on this don't hold me to this and then you had to hold it for a minute 30 i was like oh no fucking way can i do that but i held it for 45 seconds i was like that's interesting um and then next round in and out 30 times had you hold it for a minute 30 again i held it for a minute 30 so it was just a fascinating experiment to even just see how what you yourself could be capable of if you just had the right mindset you know what i'm saying yeah that's that's i mean 30 seconds obviously i know you can hold your breath longer than 30 seconds i know that you're obviously psyched up about that a little bit but a minute 30 i mean i I think that sounds pretty impressive. It was hard. And he, I mean, and I think that he even said, he's like, if you need to take a break, take a break. So like, I think just knowing that it was like, okay, I'll try just five more seconds, you know. But um, 
I think the way he explained it too in the tutorial was like when you're doing that quick in and out for 30 seconds, you're oxi- you're getting oxygen to parts of your body and your um I guess I'm just going to say body that maybe aren't used to receiving it and like like full breaths of oxygen and um that relaxes your nervous system. So that I think what he was saying is helps you be able to hold your breath longer. So naturally, that's why he has you go from 1 minute to 1:30. But um yeah, and and the other thing that was interesting is that he at one point he explained he goes you inhale big, outhale less. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So um, he just really is like he I think he used the word like oxygen ox, oxygenation, like get oxygen to parts of your body that just aren't used to getting it all the time. You know, we walk around shallow breathing, holding our breath, which I know I do a lot, and like you, this is just really good practice to get your body used to it get your nervous system in balance you know all the things so anyways you might want to try it but definitely don't do it while you're like yeah driving or anything and he suggested laying down i was sitting up i was at work in between sessions when i tried it so yeah no i definitely want to do that because it sounds like something i could do and stick with and actually it's not hard to remember mm-hmm. it's like you have to like i said think about this whole routine and do all of this stuff it's like it he just breaks it down into simple simple steps yeah it was yeah that's what i liked about this tutorial too it was just really quick and then he went right into it he did it. mention about that about controlling your nervous system and about you know basically bringing this oxygen yeah. into your as you're holding your breath too he's like, like you're as you're holding your breath too, he's like, you know, feel like what's going on in your body right now. If you feel yourself heating up, that's okay. That's a good thing. Just hold it. Um, feel your heart rate. Notice it. Slow it. You have the power to slow it. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> you know, he's big on the, he's got a big um, cold shower thing situation too. Like he suggested yes. that, like try it for 30 seconds to a minute at least they last. And we've talked about this. The winter has been hard for me. It's it's way different in the winter time. Me too. And I so I did it today for a little. I was like, oh god. And it's funny because I happened to be listening to a podcast episode by Andrew Huberman about why people get the flu, the flu or colds in the winter time, and how the cold air that's drier, like all these different things. And he was talking about how maybe ice but i forgot what he i forgot what his answer was though he somebody asked like is it not beneficial to try ice baths in the winter time because you're already cold enough all the time like should you take a break from this and i don't remember what his answer was <laughs> oh way to go that's kind of important yeah. you so bring way it up to, and way then to just talk about it here uh, right yeah exactly watch that one i know so yeah yeah we still haven't set up your ice bath that you got for christmas right we need to do that right sure can we just set it up inside? You can. Absolutely. You can set it up inside. You're the one that didn't want to do that. That was my initial thought was like to set it up in the in the basement. I mean, it's not the most, you I know, mean, inside though, I feel like there'd be more maintenance, like trying to like clean it and stuff every day. There might be, but it's also a lot easier because it's not like you're outside. So, and it's got a cover on it. And so it's I just set it up in the shower maybe and then just dump it in the shower. That'd be nice. Well, it's like a hundred gallons. So to fill it up oh. would take a little time. That'd be a pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, technically you could, but. I think I'm going to put it outside on the porch. Yeah. I think that's the ideal. It is the ideal. I think that's the right way to do it. But it's like when the temps are this cold, there's no way in hell you're going to use it when it's 10 degrees out. Oh, yeah. No, not now. It's really cold. Yeah. Let it warm up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so so what else is going on with you? Anything good? Anything good? 
Anything at all? Anything at all. Well, yeah, you know what's going on with me, Jim. You've been drinking a lot of beet juice. <laughs> okay. Not that. I had the scary thing happen this week. Oh, I forgot. I got the mammogram callback. I'm kidding. I didn't forget, obviously. Oh, my God. Can you pause it really quick? Why? Because I'm getting a phone call. Oh, my God. Okay, we're back from our second pause. Yes. Somebody... Me. Yeah. Locked somebody out of the house by accident. Yeah. Way to go. Yes. So what were we talking about? We were talking about somebody had an appointment earlier this week and you got the call back. I got the mammogram call back. That's exciting. It's not exciting. To get a call back? That's like a big thing in Hollywood. No, Jim. It's scary. Oh, it's a different thing. So now I just get to wait and wait for answers and go down the rabbit hole of all the worst case scenarios because that's what people like me do. I think that most I think people anybody probably would do. would do. I think I'd take it to the next level, but... I think probably 10% of the people wouldn't do what you're doing right now, but 90% would. I really believe that. Okay, well, only 10% of people get called back, by the way. And then for the reason that I get call- I got called back, which I'm pretty sure there's not a mistake about it because I get the, the 3D mammogram. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be like, oh, yeah, there's something there. I'm fully prepared for a biopsy. Of what I've read, of those, 20% of people, they find malignancy, and 80% it's a benign situation. So I've got all all the stats One in five from the internet. One in five according to WebMD or the internet or whatever. One in five what? Well, one in five are malignant of it, people who yeah, that would be called back for this. 20%. Yeah. Yes. I know. Yeah. So... That sucks. I don't have to wait. Yes, it does. Very much so. Till next week. I think it's going to be okay. Like, I think that genuinely, I think it's going to be okay. But the waiting. You can say that all you want. It's not going to take away what the outcome is. And it's just unknowns. And I don't like unknowns. And nobody does, but I especially don't. And, you know, I get escalated with health anxiety as it is. Um, It's funny because I don't usually get nervous about mammogram results. And I was definitely nervous about this one. And then, of course, when it opened up the app the result and it said abnormal I'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me and then um I but you know I was reading something this week you know about the anxiety brain and about how you know people that especially struggle with anxiety and you know the the bio the biology there but that of, of course you know the whole idea is is that there's uncertainty. So then you worry because worry in a perverted way gives you certainty. And, you know, it tricks you into certainty. It's like if I think of every possible worst case scenario and now I ruminate on them and try to like literally put myself <laughs> in that worst case scenario. So feel all the feels, the fear, eh, feels, the terror, the all the things, then maybe if it happens, then I'll be prepared. You know, I think that's that's just where the brain goes. So it just is in this futile yeah i was gonna say that's exactly you run through every scenario so that if something comes out there are no surprises and somehow thinking that that's going to feel better or you're trying to look at what are this what are the chances that it's the worst case so that i can maybe calm down and so i can pretend that i'm not going to be the worst case but then you can't do that you can't do well and especially and that's just your nature i mean that's your personality is you are very good about looking at every possible outcome 
but you tend to focus or gravitate toward the more serious outcomes. And well, and I'm, I, never, I, I'm not just this. I just mean in general. Like yeah, that's yeah. Like, well, and I've never know. been the type of person where it's just like, don't feed me a line of shit. Right. Okay. Like, if you don't know, you don't know. If you do have some perspective here, and if you had, you know, if this was a betting game, like, tell me where you'd edge your bets. Like, just give me something. Like, I'm not going to be satisfied with placating answers. And I, again, I know that nobody can give me, I'm not in this situation, nobody can do anything like that. Um, although I did tell you, like, going into it, I'm like, Mm, that lady that was she said some things that made me think there's something going on that another nobody's ever said to me before maybe i'm just reading into it i don't know but it uh, turns out i was right she probably did see some things that were you know when yeah. she was being careful about what she said but well you know, i'm sorry because it sucks it sucks yeah. to have that uncertainty and to have to wait and then just not know and there's a potential that it could be something serious mm-hmm. you know just that's that's awful. Such is life, though, right? I mean, Absolutely. we're at this age where it's like settle in because that's yeah. that's what the road is going forward. It doesn't really make it any easier, though. In fact, everything mm-hmm. that comes up as we get older seems like or feels like, you know, well, no, it's if I was in my 20s and something happened. I understand that what you're talking about is a, a different story, so I don't want to mix the two together, but... I feel like if something happens in your 20s, most things you can be like, hey, this is going to be fine. As you get older in your 40s, and I think as we get older mm-hmm. and older in 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. everything that happens just feels like there's there's more weight to it. Yeah. The seriousness, the, the chance of the probability of seriousness becomes greater. It just mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't care what little ailment it is. It feels like it could turn into something else or could be more serious. So Yeah, and I think the reality is is that you just have to kind of accept that that is a possibility instead yeah. of like, oh, it's probably nothing. I'm not going to get worked up. I think that for me it's like, well, it could be, you know? Like yeah. I remember when I was in my early 20s and I was new in my career and I was had a foster kid with me and I was driving them back to their foster parents' house and it was really, really crappy weather, like scary weather snow-wise. And getting to the house, and I always remember just saying, they, the foster parents had a friend over who was like some sort of pastor or something. And I was just like, that was so scary. I thought I was going to die. And the guy had never met me. <laughs> he just looks right at me and he says, um, you've already, are you, there's a lot of noise going on. Are you asking them to quiet mm-hmm. down? He looks right at me and he says, well, if you're afraid to die, you're afraid to live. And I was just... Facts. Stopped in so my tracks. True. I was like 23. And I was like, well, that's true. But it's just like the way he said it was like, just hit me. I was like, you know what? I never occurred to me. I am afraid to live. You are. I'm afraid to fucking I, live. I was going to say, and you are. And, and, and that, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, you're right. I am. And I mean. <laughs> so I've always just kind of like, yeah, I've, 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 I've had that realization. Like, I know that I'm afraid to live. I realize there's people out there that are not, must be lovely. I've been trying to accommodate and, you know, consider Mm -hmm. ways to enjoy living and certainly realizing like, well, yeah, I can enjoy life when I'm not afraid of death, but then are you really enjoying life if you're afraid of death, right? And so- If you're living your life to avoid or constantly worry about death, Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, that does interfere with life. It's one thing to have normal- I don't say normal, but just like, you know, fears about death. But it's like you said that you're not afraid to die. I know that I was going to say, and that's the whole thing is like, if I had a diagnosis of something, I would be scared. I would absolutely be scared. But in general, 
I'm not afraid to die. You don't walk through life. I don't walk about through life that. thinking about that every mm-hmm. moment of every day or every mm-hmm. day that I'm scared to die. I've thought as I'm driving, oh, the semi could like come across the road and hit me and I could die. And, but and oh, I don't that, know that know. I do that either, but I think I could probably say, Well, I'm afraid to live. I mean I I mean do you know, I don't know. You Maybe make, there's just like a balance. You make a there. lot more there's there is a balance for sure, <laughs> but you make a lot more decisions in life to avoid the possibility, the risk of death. Right. Than I would say probably the average person. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's totally abnormal, mm-hmm. but I would say that more than the average person, you make those decisions to avoid the potential for death. Uh-huh. Or, or that, please. Yep. For the fourth time. <laughs> we're back. Yeah. We have a house. My point tonight. is this is that when I started seeing my coach like a year over a year ago you know we had kind of talked about us digging into anxiety and just exploring that in general and like just having to face that reality of like yeah we we all are going to die maybe consider really visiting that fear and like like really and i and i don't think none of us can escape that i think if any of us gets a a scary medical diagnosis of we're naturally going to go to fear maybe how much time we spend there could be worked with so um, let me, can I ask you a question? And then even now just talking about this, to be honest, this is how superstitious I am. I'm like, oh no, I'm talking about this. This is going to impact the too outcome remotely, of so my appointment. Or too removed from the actual... No, I'm just meaning I'm talking about talking it about and period. I can see the story unfolding of, oh, she was talking about it. And then guess what? Then she okay. got see, this terrible diagnosis that's next Wednesday thing. when she went to the doctor. I get, I, I do understand that. So I feels like I don't, I'm just being, I just want to be totally transparent and honest. Like there's so much superstition around yeah. this too that it feels like, well, if I say this or if I think this, like maybe this will impact the outcome. And I know that that's really silly, but I just feel like I have to also like say it out loud that that's what's going through my head right now as I talk about this. And I have this like, and I know it's just another test, but it's like further examination, but it's also still like, ooh, don't jinx anything. So the, I don't want to say the interesting thing, but you've been this way your whole life. This isn't, new in adulthood where for me some of the things that i won't do i've been now, wet way my whole life you've been afraid to live yeah like there's certain... i mean i want to live in a bubble <laughs> you want to do things <laughs> with my not... mommy yeah but you want to do things <laughs> and everything but you want to do everything in such a calculated measured way like if something goes wrong in in the process of if we're traveling if there's a delay in the flight and you're stuck in the you know the tarmac or something like that can derail your whole experience mm-hmm. like coping with something's bad's going to happen here mm-hmm. um this isn't how it's supposed to be well but that's because i have a phobia of flying like, i know i mean if we were stuck in our car i may not have this it might not derail my experience but not totally but there's this anyway my point to this is you've been this way like your childhood this this impacted your childhood too right like like yeah, like I won't do roller coasters type of thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, spending the night at a friend's house doing roller coasters, yeah. like going out and yeah. doing certain things that yeah, was like, no, I don't want to do that. To, you leave, know? to spend the night at a friend's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ride and, a bike, all that. Yeah. And I was going to say, my tolerance for risk as a kid was much higher than it is now. As I've gotten older, it's like you you pull back the reins a little bit. You know, like like in my twenties, thirties, I probably would have gone skydiving if I would have had the right opportunity That's just to do stupid. that. 
And I'm like, now I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. I, I don't really have it. I don't have a desire to do it. I don't need to prove anything. I don't feel the need to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's what it was about. It was about like, proving something. It wasn't about living life. Because well, it's contraindicated maybe. to life, actually, jumping out of a plane. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. I know, I know you are. But anyways. I know you are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Once once you, you once you've taken the initial leap, there's 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 no like um you I don't want to say you don't train for because people train for certain things but you jump out of the plane you know you're with an instructor your parachute opens if that's your goal is to get to that level of it mm-hmm. there's not a lot of skill in that yeah so it's not like it's like oh I've yeah I figured this thing out and I've I've, I've honed in on the skill that I'm going to be good at so you're right it isn't it is like I just think it's attention seeking yeah. when it comes to you at least but that's another oh, conversation maybe. for another that's day another conversation um. <laughs> I mean, and th- and, but the thought of the thought of being told that your life is limited also makes me think like, well, I would, there's a lot of things that I need to go see and do then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the irony there. That's what I kind of feel like. It's like one part of me would be like, I'm scared to death and this is it. And how, I don't even know how to cope or begin to process this. Like, there's no, there's no book on this is how to do this mm-hmm. but the the biggest part at least i think initially for me until it really hit would be i need to really figure out what i want to do and make the best of the time i do have and really force me to be intentional about everything i do and actually you know if i want to travel certain places and do things like i really want we're going to do this stuff we're just going to figure it out and we're going to do it and and on the daily without that it's like we'll get to it we'll get to it we'll get to it you know what i mean so it does yeah. change things and i think that i could i think for me i would for parts of it be able to focus more on that part of it on what i what i want to do what i want to accomplish mm-hmm. if i were to give be given some kind of diagnosis like that mm-hmm. and truly try to make the best of it but i think the downside to that is I obviously have trouble connecting with my emotions and expressing my emotions. And so I think about it now and I'm like, well, what would I be repressing in that? What would I, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't be being real. I'd be trying to be something I'm not in that. I don't understand what you're saying. I'm saying it'd be okay to be scared. It'd be normal to be scared. Mm-hmm. It'd be normal to take all that and have that weigh so heavily on you that you couldn't even get the energy or like the to be able to do the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm saying is I think I, I would what would what would end up happening is I would compartmentalize that part of it to do the things I want to do. Yeah. To live the life I want to live. I think there's something to be said for though that like it's until maybe that your fear of death goes away that you can truly and fr- fully and freely live. Well, I can I mean that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It feels like there's perfect alignment there. You know, I was, I was, uh, you know, I'm always in. I guess that's my whole. I, can I just interrupt you? For yeah, a second? that's my whole point to that. Is it really that I could do it without a fear of death and really live, or is it that I would repress that right. and compartmentalize it yeah. and still carry that fear, which Pick would that then can down the road? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, go ahead. No, I was just. Oh, I don't even know what I was going to say, but I don't think it really matters. I was just thinking about all the different things that have fallen into place this week, before. Like, I was revisiting some, um, I don't know what you would call them, lectures maybe, um, that I had listened to before I replayed again this week. And then I just went down this other rabbit hole of this woman that, like, just talks about, like, archetypes and um, trying to, and through her framework, her her little thing that she has, like, she has a certain number of archetypes outlined. I mean, you can, there's so many different, like, Carl Jung has, like, 
bunch and you would take the tests or whatever. Generally, they all kind of fall into the same kind of category for me. It's always like you have this deep passion of getting to the heart and truth of matters. And um, anyways, and different people label those different things. But I had asked my astrology AI what what my archetype was, and it said seeker. And then I asked it again the next day, and it said investigator. And those, when you read the descriptions, they said the same thing. So they they were just calling them, you know, semantics, whatever. So anyways, this woman too, Carolyn Mace, she has her own outline of archetypes. And I was listening to something by her and she had a couple of them that I identified with. And it's this idea that we don't all just fall into one archetype. I kind of identified with the intellectual that she had and maybe the advocate, but mostly what I had definitely identified with was this one called the seeker as well. And she talked about how they're, you know, when you're a seeker, your main thing that you're pursuing in life is like full alignment, like, like authenticity, basically that like what you say, what you do, what you speak, like everything is like lined up that you're always sort of seeking that and that seekers shadow is often I might be getting this wrong. So I always got to state that. But there's a tendency to want to blame or be addicted to suffering, or, you know, and do this, fall into a victim state. And she was just talking- This talk- is under the seeker? Yeah. Category? Okay. Yes. Archetype. So she was just kind of talking about how, like, you know, when, like, the antidotes to those things. It's just, like, complete surrender, um, acceptance. Like, stop trying to figure out why you're in the scenario that you're in. You're in it. It sucks. Like, you got this thing handed to you. Life isn't fair, you know? So surrender to that. Um, And she talked about, like, oftentimes, like, you know, you're a hypocrite, too. Like, you, if you, she talked about all these different things. Like, if you think this person, something is, somebody has done something to you, it got to you because you maybe have done you've done something like I forgot how she worded it but like that's why I think I had asked you the question that that this week and you still haven't answered me she said ask the person you care about what's something that they feel like you've taken from them because she's like you've probably taken something from somebody you're not perfect like the seeker has maybe this ideal of how things are supposed to be and it's so unfair that it's not that way but it's like but you're not perfect either so she didn't say all those words but it was just kind of like that mentality and so basically she was just like the whole thing with the seeker is is like just get over how things are supposed to be and just surrender to what is believe in the divine law of things and pray like that's what you do and I was just like oh that's really interesting and that was like days before I even like yeah, that was like over a week, like that almost was like two weeks ago. Over a week ago, and then I was like meeting with my coach this week, and she, I was just telling her I was kind of stressed about, you know, obviously the mammogram situation. I'm like, oh, this is just going to drive me nuts for a week, and even after that, who knows? Based on, you know, I don't even know what's going to happen. Am I going to get any answers that next week? And I just, and she was just like, you know, we talked about all the things, but she was like, you know, I think maybe you need a mantra. Do you have a mantra? I'm like, yeah, I have a mantra, and I, you know, and I was like, kind of, I'm like, I don't, I have it written down somewhere perfectly but it's you know it's somewhere along these lines and she's like well that feels more like an affirmation she's like mantra is like more like prayer and I was like oh it's so interesting that you're saying that because it Mm -hmm. was also said to me in this other way and so she was like all of a sudden I was like you know any other time in my life when I've gone through some real existential like scary time I've turned to prayer 
And I don't know why, but I've always had a couple of prayers that have been my favorite and I, I've never really thought about it. And she's like, well, maybe, maybe you should, you know, turn to those again. And just, you know, when you find yourself stressed out, just, just pray, like help manifest that, you know, whatever that brings to you, peace, you know, trust, safety, like those types of um, feelings, sensations, energy. I ended up like looking up, I just feel like keeping my favorite prayer to myself, but I ended up like looking up like the symbolic meaning behind it, not just through Christianity, but like and beyond, like how that could be and how it's interpreted through the other world's religions and um, different faith traditions. And the meaning behind it was, it just felt so like more than coincidence. Like, and it was just like, wow, okay. Like, okay, so this is where I'm at. So I've just been really kind of spending time contemplating and like trying to like be in that space of prayer mantra. And I just, that's just kind of new to me this week, just bringing that up. Has it helped? That's where I'm Do you feel like it's helped? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. It's just like, it takes me back to, again, this just idea of just surrender. And there's something liberating about that, this letting go of like, you can't, there's nothing you can do to control the outcome. When I went through my first, and I don't even feel like, I'm, I'm not even at where I was then in my 20s when I went through my real first, you know, anxiety break I just I just it was over the course of months of just trying to hold it together hold it together figure this out figure this out it was surrender that got me finally got me on the path through it through through heal to healing you know so Mm -hmm. yeah it's like that same same path again in a way you're staring at me Mm -hmm. (laughs) what are you thinking (laughs) no no i was i was just thinking about how you and i you were just on your phone by the way so what was that about oh well i was just thinking about how you and i process big events differently and you know when you started out talking about uncertainty there's a movie that you and i watched a few years ago while we're young with ben stiller and adam driver okay and Ben Stiller. I, I don't remember most of the movie what it was about, but I believe he, he was an he was the the husband or whatever in an older couple, and Adam Driver was like the cool person guy in the younger couple. And so Ben Stiller and I don't remember his wife or whatever. They were out to dinner and trying to like you know imp- I think they were so impressed by like this Adam Driver's character, and it was some benign situation that came up if I recall. And Adam Driver's they were trying to figure something out, and Adam Driver was like. Let's just not know. Yeah. Let's just not know. And yeah. you and I have joked about yeah. that over the years. Because they would just like ask questions and then they would be like, well, yeah. let's look it up. And then all of a sudden like, you know what? No, let's, let's just, just not, not know. know. We don't need to know. <laughs> and I was thinking about how we process things differently because when it comes to little things, I'm like, I need to know the answer. I need to know the answer. When it comes to big things or things that like I'm not – there's, n- you're not going to find certainty. You're not going to be able to pinpoint the answer. Mm-hmm. I, I just – I'll let that go. And I'll accept the fact that I'm not going to find the answer on those bigger things, that there is no set answer where you really want to dive in to, well, I may not get to the exact answer, but there's something in you that is just drawn to that, I think. Absolutely. Needing to know. It's part of the arch- the seeker right. archetype. Yeah. So I just think it's <laughs> funny because I was like, I get hung up on that on little things that are st- that the stupid, that the, let's just not know. Who uh-huh. cares? Who cares who played this this role in this movie? Yeah. Nobody cares about this. But I'm like, well, now that the question was asked, I want to know. But when it comes mm-hmm. to big picture things that yeah. are actually important and have relevance. Yes. When it comes to depth, 
for me, yes, when it comes yeah. to surfacey. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, it's true. Part of what she was saying about you know the seeker archetype, she was like the seeker can get wrapped up in what the f- like like this idea of like turning towards human laws, and she's like, there's nothing in human laws. The truth. The one truth is in divine law. And seekers, that's what seekers are looking for. They're always looking for that one yes. truth, that that one through line. And I certainly would do that. So, yeah. but then they, yeah, that there tends to be like this ultimate addiction to suffering and the dark Absolutely. side. And, and then the intellectual, they're, I didn't really listen that much, but I know that like their shadow is arrogance. And I'm okay. so, I, it, like, it's again, like everybody has like but it's, their shadow side. It's that funny they have though, because- to, you're intuitive by nature and your intuition is usually very close to right. It might not be 100% right, but typically it pans out that it's directionally correct. So you may not have certainty, but you can typically get to this point. But you want to talk about that and belabor that, that issue or whatever it is when intuitively you know that this is it. But it's like you 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 also want to prove that there's you know you can validate you can substantiate your your intuition and i think that's that's the big difference there is i'm like i don't know i don't know what that person was thinking so i'm not even going to like speculate i'm just going to move on and i'm going to leave that as my blind spot i'm not going to dig into that because mm-hmm. i can't surmise what it was yeah now i could intuitively i probably know the same thing you do but i'm not willing to risk being wrong in that where for you i think it's like but you're usually so good at that, and you you just know, and so I think that that drives you crazy a little. Not crazy, yeah, but, but you, you know, know it's what, like... Jim? I'm dead ass serious with this. I feel like this over the last month. I noticed it about two weeks ago, but over the last month, it's like I don't fucking care if about that I. Like if we're going to talk about human law, okay, like if we're talking about a set of people that I believe are abiding by a real fucked up set of rules and justifying themselves and like uh-huh. doing these things and I, and it's like, I are, I know the truth. I know what's going, like there was a t- so much time where I've spent, you know, obviously getting agitated over that because it's like, I can't believe. And then something like honestly, finally shifted, like genuinely where I'm like, I don't. I don't care because like I see that like, again, if we're going to look, I'm going to use the word divine law. Truth is truth. I, what the other people, these humans are doing, I don't need to be concerned. I truly, it doesn't bother me. Like I, I, even if, even if there's attempts to pull me down, they, I can't be pulled down right now. And that feels really good. I, 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 yeah, I had this feeling a couple of weeks ago where all of a sudden I realized because someone started talking about something and I was like, I did, I was getting like worked up and irritated about the whole scenario. And I'm like, I was like, damn, it's been a long time since I've, that happened. So it did stood out to me that it happened and I didn't like it. And I'm like, I don't want to get worked up about this. This is so dumb. I, I, in the grand scheme of things, why do I care about this? And then a light bulb went off and I'm just like, I think... I'm starting to arrive, you know, <laughs> like, but, but also like, because it's healthy too, like it's still protecting my energy and it's boundaried and it's like, I, I'm also not going to like allow that stuff in my life. You know what I mean? The people, those people can continue to engage in that behavior and I don't care about it. It's not going to drag me down. 
And I'm also not going to be dragged down. I'm not going to like, like I, it's, it's irrelevant to me, if that makes sense. Do you think that is a result of, obviously you do a lot of work in this area and really contemplating this and thinking about it and working on it. How much of it do you think comes from that? How much of it do you think comes from, and, and I might, you might make a fool out of me here, but um, feeling maybe a little bit more understood by those closest to you or more maybe more secure and loved in the space that you're in so that it doesn't have the same I think it's an impact. inside job, Jim. I think it's an inside okay. job. But I don't think you can rush it. I probably have said this on here before, but like you also can't bypass all of the yeah. phases, stages, tasks, whatever you want to call them. Like you can't just say, oh, you just got to get there and get there. It's just like when somebody dies, you're you, you, it's not like the grief process is a process. It, you don't get to acceptance. You have to go through anger and bargaining and denial and, you know, sadness. Like all of those things occur. Well, that's the you reason. You can't bypass That's them. the reason I asked you that though is because doing that, like you said, an inside job, doing it, internally is a lot harder obviously than if you feel like you've got the support and the validation from you know maybe your immediate circle where it's like yeah. okay i do, i'm not put, do you think i have support and validation from my immediate circle is that what you're trying to say <laughs> well your line your immediate line okay the, the line i i don't i don't i don't know how to answer that that's okay. I was at, I know, and I, 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 that's what I said. You can make me sound, be a, be a fool here by essentially saying what you said, but that's okay. I was genuinely curious about it because that's something we haven't really discussed between us. And I know that that's, it's important to feel like you have support in anything. Mm -hmm. And so if you have these other feelings and you've been wrestling with them and you've been struggling with them, like doing it on your own, obviously is a, it's a much bigger toll. Whereas if you feel like I'm not in this alone, Anything you feel like you're not in alone, yeah, you, you can, I think you, you know it you becomes also, a little bit easier. It's a balancing act, though, too, because I think eventually you get to a point where you're like, "Well, you are alone," and yes, um, but it's a healthy alone. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you know, okay. So Carolyn Mace was talking when I re-listened to her thing. She's got this lecture series called. Um, What's it called, Jim? The Anatomy of Energy? Is that what I it is? I think it is. I um, believe it is. I know you haven't listened to it, but I've talked no, but about I th it a lot. I think that's what it's called, though. I so I went through it with a fine-tooth comb last week, week and a half ago. Took notes. I'm going to still like, screw this up. But there's a whole thing. I, it's so involved, so I can't explain it. But one of the concepts she was talking about, she's like, people that want to live a conscious life that are striving towards consciousness, which I have been verbalizing for many years now. Yes, you have. They there's this part where they get to where they are like, okay, I'm ready, but like they want their partner to go with them, and they're and and I've said that to you a lot. I'm like, I want a conscious relationship. I want you to go with me. I want you to learn these things. I want this to happen. And she was like, she didn't say this, but I feel like it's almost like, well, that's contraindicated because how are you going to be conscious if you're forcing somebody else to come with you? You're you're just sort of dependent in a way too, you know, like you're overly attached to that person or something. And like there, that's, so it's part of the process is expecting the other person to come with you and learning that it's, it's a solo, it's, it's, it's a solo you. job. Yeah. And that was like, I was like, oh, that's very true <laughs> they can come but they can't come with you it's not exactly it's not the same journey it's exactly. no matter what it's it's two separate journeys so yeah and you have to do it anyways yeah i mean if you're relying on another person yeah 
to be exactly where you want them to be, then you're not doing it, right? So anyways, I feel like that's kind of been a powerful message too that just kind of, again, intellectually, you can know these things, but until you start to like, oh, okay, yep, got, yep. And so I feel like it's kind of one of those things. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Sorry. You're really chugging some water over there. Are you okay? I am so thirsty for some reason. I don't know why. You took a weird pause. Like you weren't sure if you were drinking water or not. I don't know. Did you swallow (laughs) an insect in there? Did you feel something textured? Well, I was trying. Did the stink bug go down with it? I was trying to swallow the ice in there. And so anyway. It was probably a stink bug. Stop. It's in a water bottle. It's closed. Better not be a stink bug. No, I think that that makes perfect sense. And I think that, yeah, I asked you that question because I've noticed a shift. And not only you, but me too. But I feel like it's it's related, but it's not the same. Yeah. And so therefore, and maybe you don't feel this way, but I feel like I've connected more with you over the past couple of weeks than in a while mm-hmm. in, in a deeper way. And I feel like that's because there's been a shift in energy mm-hmm. between us. Mm-hmm. And I think that this isn't on you, but I haven't felt the same amount of maybe pressure to be a certain thing or way in some ways and sometimes that's felt scary and in some ways it's felt it's felt scary tell me more yeah because i think before that over the last maybe maybe weeks before that there have been moments where it's like you when you you just you mentioned attachment you know and kind of being attached to one another and we're very close i think we're a very close couple Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like in some of those moments where you feel maybe is this a disconnect and then that gets a little bit like, okay, what's going on? Is there a disconnect here? And then you kind of come back together and stuff. And then you might feel a little bit more of a disconnect just because our attachment is almost like taking on a different form of attachment. Okay. It doesn't feel as codependent Yep. in some ways. Okay. And so it feels more, um, yeah, it just doesn't feel as codependent. So it feels... A little bit more, it's like this remove. It's it's a space where you kind of separate a little bit, uh-huh. but it's separating in a good way. Not that we're moving farther apart, but we're just we're we're learning to handle things with each other a little bit differently. I don't know how you can describe it probably better than me, and maybe I'm maybe you don't feel the same. Well, way. Well, no, I do, but I feel like what you're just des- you're almost describing like I just feel like it's just another shift. I don't know that it's like better or worse or like I feel like we've always been close I feel like we've always been very close yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I also of course we have there's so to me maybe I just feel like it's a bit of a shift where it's like I guess that's what I mean and that any change me, in that feels a little bit scary even if it's whether it's positive or not, it just feels like oh it, it's uncertainty again it's a little bit of unknown in that doesn't I, feel bad but it feels different I feel like as I become more and more aware of where I seek and desire control of my world, I'm able to like release. Like there's so many areas in which, and I think we all do this, there's so many areas in which we don't realize that we are trying to control something. I know. Tell me about so it. So even if it's just somebody else's mood yeah, or somebody else's feelings about us, yes, like I'm, t- I've not only, not only my thinking, like starting to realize where I'm, where there's maybe a desire to control. I'm I guess I'm realizing where there's areas in which oh that that affected me and to be like 
I don't need to be affected by that. I've had. I don't give a flying fuck what that person's mood is right now. Realizations (laughs) in in some of that. I think. Oh, okay. It maybe not uh, parallel to yours or at the same time necessarily, but like I felt the same thing. It's like I've just kind of had that recognition too. Is oh, you're having this experience. I don't need to get wrapped up I mean, not you necessarily mm-hmm. but i don't need to get wrapped up in that experience i can be supportive or mm-hmm. i can be there but i don't have to get take it all on right either and i think that in a lot of different ways it's just it feels liberating in a way but the control piece too is like there's certain things where i have felt this need to control and not even recognize it in the moment. Yeah, because I like, don't think step what... back and be like, oh, I'm trying to control the situation here. I'm trying to control. Right. Why? What am I doing? Okay, that's what's going on here. I don't realize I'm trying to do that. And but... it's not what we would traditionally think of as like controlling right. behavior. I mean, I'm noticing on other people around me now too. I'm like, oh, look at them. Look at them trying to control. How cute. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. You know, or whatever. Well, I've, been, but... I've been told I'm a very controlling person. So. <laughs> <laughs> You are petulant, and controlling. <laughs> um, but I, but I'm being, I'm, I'm serious. Like everybody is absolutely controlling. People that have a con, 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 uh, oh my god, I just lost my train of thought. The people that have told you that you're controlling, and this is how, this is just probably universal truth, are some of the most controlling people I've ever encountered in my entire life. Of course. So yeah, like you know, like I tend to call people you know point out hypocrisy a lot and then i'm like oh i'm i'm a hypocrite too i don't know that i'm a hypocrite in the traditional way that i'm pointing out somebody else being a hypocrite in but like i'm so i find myself so fixated on hypocrisy obviously there's something there going on for me and i had to like really like yeah of course you're a hypocrite at times and while you may not be as loud or as glaring or again like what a textbook case like you wouldn't open up the dictionary and your picture would not be put under the word hypocrite you certainly are a hypocrite in so many areas and like noticing where those areas are has been really eye-opening as well i really Mm -hmm. just i really do i really want to seek this alignment like it's so I'm, i'm recognizing like that's what this is all about and like to align myself with with like the divine like with god with source and and that 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 all is all coming through you know what i mean like i don't know that it's a destination it's this constant pursuit but to get more and more like calibrated in that space (laughs) yeah not be so far outside of it it's not necessarily a destination it is a journey and i think that like everything in life is that you know we both might feel like we've made a lot of progress and we're feeling good about where we're at and that we're, you know, but then there's just that much more progress to go. And and there's that much more progress to go. And and also when something does come up and things don't go the way that we now expect them to go, it feels like you're taking 10 steps back instead of one step back. So it's, there are a lot of challenges that come with that too. Yeah. You know, and we've talked, we've talked to our therapist about that with certain things. It's like, and she's pointed out is like, well, there's been a lot of things that have gone right. And, and when that happens, when one thing goes wrong, it can feel like everything is derailed and like you're starting over again. Mm -hmm. And it's like remembering to keep that focus. Like, no, that's not the case. You got to remember too, that like you're capable of that behavior, you know, like you're not above that. Like, of course, you know, I was just somebody I was talking to one of the kids and they were getting worked up about something. And I was like, 
all right, like a couple of things I just want to say here, like you're not wrong. Also, I don't want you to cost you your own peace mm -hmm. because like your feelings are valid, but let's not get like, let's not latch onto this experience right now and make it like more than what it needs to be. And also, let's also not forget that you're not above that behavior, that you have right. engaged in that yeah. before and you may again at some point, yep. like let's not judge, let's not, you know, and, but you're right, but let's just like... Let's just keep some perspective here. Protect your peace right now. And again, I don't want to dismiss anything here, but I also want you to be like have power over your own energy right now. And it was a really good, really good conversation. It's funny because I think that's a universal truth in that, you know, I was listening to Dax's podcast, Armchair Expert, and he had a mm -hmm. sex therapist on there oh. and talking about, you know, when you feel maybe rejected by your partner, uh -huh. um, you know, and most of the time it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, it's not that they don't find you attractive. It's not that there's, you know, something there. It's you need to communicate and figure out what, what's really going on beneath, yeah, I, beneath the surface. Obviously, mm -hmm. we all know this. My point being... We it's don't a, all know this, but... Okay. <laughs> it, but it's a universal truth in everything we do. It's not yeah. It's not just in one area. It Like you just said. Yes. No, you're not above that. And in, in this other person's thing that you're, you're feeling and you're complaining about and you're having a hard time with really has nothing to do with you mm -hmm. you're feeling it but yeah. it's like and, and it's not and, okay that they're doing it because okay. it, but but, but it also everything has we nothing do, to do it's with like you. that is yeah happens everywhere we go yes yes i love talking to people about the sex intimacy situation because it's such an opportunity to just look at all the issues of the relationship under a microscope yes professionally because it's like this is where Ever, like yeah. we could just dissect this interaction and we'll have all the answers this this playing out in all of your interactions everywhere like how you're handling this this mm -hmm. thing and like the bedroom is such a vulnerable fragile space where it like all comes together all of the all of the wounds all of the fears yeah. they're right there yeah and it's like magnified in that space because it's an That's area that's under yeah. a microscope under yeah yes okay <laughs> But because it's something that traditionally, at mm -hmm. least in this culture, we don't, a lot of people don't talk about. Mm -hmm. So, but, but it is, but there are so many other things that we deal with every day that we don't talk about either. Speaking so, of yeah. Dax, I wanted to bring this up because this has come up a couple of times this week too. Back in October, I listened to a podcast where he had, I can't really pronounce his name, Robert Sapolsky, I think. He's the author of, um, his new book was determined which i haven't read and then there's he has another book called behave but he is a behavioral scientist and i think he's into like i think he's into physics let me try to look up his bio here i don't um anyways he says that we have no free will i think that's what he says i think that's what he says and i've been thinking about that lately and i'm starting to entertain that and it feels scary. Like, I don't like it. Like, Dax was even saying, he's like, I'm having a hard time with this. I don't like this. And I forgot, like, they had – I listened to this interview back in October, so I don't remember everything else. But I think they did agree to to one thing at, at one point. But it's like he was saying, he's just like, people shouldn't brag that they're intelligent. You were just born that way. Like, get over it. It's easier for you. Like, there's nothing impressive about that. Or, like, an athlete or, or funny or, or whatever it is. Like, it's just – predetermined and then like every event leads to something like if you're an addict like i feel like this is what he was saying i could be botching this too but like there isn't ne anything necessarily that was going to prevent you from being an addict or predict whether or not you were going to be into recovery it just 
all of these things were like predetermined. And Dax just like, again, he was like, I just have such a hard time with this. And and it is hard. That's like a better pill to swallow. It's like, what do you mean? Of like, course it is. I don't have any control over this. The- but then if I think about things from like, a, like if we're just sort of like this, like, you know, if you look at like sacred ge- geometry, like we're just like this, we're all just like these math formulas unfolding in time. It's like, well, then, yeah, is there? Right. But then, no, maybe there are infinite possibilities within that. But it's just kind of mind trippy in a way. <laughs> Not well, in a it way. It just like, is. It sounds like if you say there's no free will, then we're in a simulation, right? I mean, like, theoretically, that the the that's the alternative is if there's no free will, then this is just a simulation. Like, it's just going to play out the way it's going to play out. And if it's going to play out that way, then it is Right. And that feels simulation. scary. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't need to. Maybe I shouldn't even brought this up because it's a big conversation. But yeah. um, we can table it. <laughs> we can table ponder it. that. Think about it. We can table have it. have a drink over it. But there's this idea. I think what he was saying is like, if you're gonna whatever is gonna pan out, it's already been beter- determined. Like if you're gonna recover, or if you're gonna heal, or if you're whatever. Like it's think, all predetermined. I think the and this is we can both agree on this. I'm sure, and Dax would feel the same way. It's like I could go jump off my roof and kill myself right now and therefore oh, wow that's really why would you say that's really dramatic what, what great I'm, example okay well what i'm saying is then is that predetermined because i could make that choice i have the free will to make that choice right now to go do something that would be drastic that would change my life so if i if i can make that choice then the question becomes am i making that choice or is that I just was it predetermined I that, be that was wrong. the choice no, that was i got to re-listen made. to this episode but i think he's basically saying like it's already known what choice you were going to make i know that's what i'm saying that's that's where it feels hard to uh, really process that and believe that because it feels like, no, I could choose that, but I'm choosing not to. And then I understand the flip side is to say, yes, but that was already determined that you weren't going to choose that. So right. I get that. It's just, it is trippy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to Nobody say. get on the roof and jump off, okay? Please yeah, no, why would you say that? That's weird. That was weird. You could have said anything and you said that. I guess it was because we're, predetermined. Because though. we're, in, <laughs> it was predetermined. I had no choice. <laughs> we're in our second story in our closet, and I was thinking about this window. If I just jumped out this window here, uh-huh. and I'm like, but I probably wouldn't die. But if I went up on a roof, I would. That's why I said it, and I, I realized that it was a dumb thing to say. But you know, yeah, I just had to elevate There's myself could be from this room that feel to reassuring up above. about that. Though. Of course, you know, like yeah. You that it's like, well, no, this has been predetermined and um, you're not going to do that well, thing that you're afraid that you're going to do. And your uncertainty and your your worry about, yeah, that, you know, uncertainty kind of goes away a little bit. If you even if you don't know what it is, but it's predetermined, then maybe it feels a little bit safer. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Or you do know. <laughs> <laughs> let's just not know. Let's just not know. Oh, let's end on that. All right. All right. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.